Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali, and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, if if we could have a system that way in which a child is a, a child sitting, say, in Chhattisgarh, or a child sitting in in the middle of Indonesia or in Africa, wherever it is, right, or the middle of America, for that matter of fact is able to basically take right an answer because they probably don't have access to good teachers but write an answer and take a photograph of it and immediately the system is able to um to basically give them insights on how what is right with their answer what is wrong with their answers that's after these headlines ola electric the ev unit of ride hailing business ola has raised over 200 million dollars led by Falcon Edge, SoftBank and others at a valuation of 3 billion dollars the company said in a press release yesterday founder bhavish agarwal also tweeted that the money will help ola electric accelerate its development of electric vehicles and four wheelers as well separately off business a commerce startup that sells industrial goods and provides loans to small businesses has raised 207 million dollars in funding at a valuation of 3 billion dollars tech crunch reports the funding was led by tiger global and softbank and alpha wave participated off business co-founder and chief executive asish mohapatra told tech crunch the 6 year old startup had raised 160 million dollars in july led by softbank vision fund 2 with participation from existing investors matrix partners india and Falcon Edge Capital at a valuation topping 1.5 billion dollars. Tata Consultancy Services, India's biggest IT services company, has been selected as the provider to modernize the core technology platforms at Multi Commodity Exchange India Limited, India's largest commodity exchange. The project has been named Udan and as part of it, TCS will help MCX build a new technology core transforming its trading and post trade functions to support its future growth and consolidate its leadership position in the commodity derivatives market in India TCS will design and deploy a cutting edge high performance solution with ultra low latency high availability and high resilience to transform MCX's operations end to end for high throughput trading the solution uses the deutsche börse T7 trading platform from the Deutsche Börse Group. Post trade activities such as clearing, risk management, delivery and settlement will be transformed using TCS banks for market infrastructure with its high performance transaction manager deployed as microservices. The Reserve Bank of India's directive requiring additional factor authentication for recurring transactions has come into effect from today. and several banks and businesses have warned customers that there might be an increase in declined transactions as they move to comply with the central bankers diktat banks financial institutions and payment gateways must obtain additional approval from users for automatically renewed transactions worth over 5000 rupees each via notifications e-mandates and additional factors of authentication The directive impacts all such transactions for debit cards and credit cards as well. The directive which was first unveiled in 2019 was scheduled to go into effect in April this year but was extended to September 30th after banks and other businesses said they were not ready according to TechCrunch. 
Data Sutram, an AI startup building a location intelligence platform, has raised an undisclosed amount of funding from IIFL FinTech Fund. Data Sutram, which is backed by 100x VC, aggregates data from over 250 sources to provide useful information to customers including banks and retailers. It was founded 3 years ago by Jadavpur University engineering graduates Rajit Bhattacharya, Isaac Paul and Ankit Das. Devroy's career spans derivatives trading to building multiple successful businesses to venture investing. Most notably, he's known for his passion for edtech and his venture Digital Aristotle, which he sold to Byju's last year. And now as chief innovation and learning officer at Byju's, Dev is leading the charge on moonshots and what he calls deep problems in AI and edtech. I spoke with Dev to learn a bit more about his work and a new innovation lab he is orchestrating at Byju's. Here's more from our conversation. Dev, uh, welcome to this podcast and thank you so much for making time for this. Uh, much appreciated. uh you're of course a very well known uh, technologist entrepreneur investor all rolled into one uh for people who may not be familiar with your work uh, uh please give us a brief history of the path that led you to byju's uh from derivatives trader to digital aristotle uh, and maybe we can go from there yeah no absolutely um thanks hari thanks for having me um yeah so i've my path has been uh, long and wind and uh, and very uh, circuitous in many ways uh, i started off in technology i then went into um, banking when which i was uh, an md at barclays capital and i ran credit for the whole of europe returned back to india to become an entrepreneur and i started uh, one of the first outpatient dialysis chains which ultimately became one of the largest uh, in the country um called nephrolife uh after that i basically looked at education as a passion of mine that i wanted to be um wanted to make a difference and and also understood that technology is going to be the change maker in it you know because if you wanted to scale uh and and attract and attack the problems that are um so large compared to the resources that we have to address them it was clear in my mind that technology had a very large part to play and um and with that i started digital aristotle which we in which we spent a lot of time trying to use ai and ml to solve real world education problems using technology um and then um, and as as uh, as it happens um, one day i met uh, byju and uh, and uh, one thing led to the other and now now i'm here uh, really happy to be uh, to be associated with the uh, byju family and uh, and doing some really interesting fun stuff for you Okay. Uh tell us a bit about uh, the efforts uh, that you lead at Byju's as the chief innovation and learning officer. Yeah. So uh, one of the so the chief so the multi the multiple there's I would I would basically bucket it into three um three different buckets. The first bucket I would look at is what I would call um uh using a uh, deploying ml and, and ai architectures into production right because that is ba- one of the largest areas that most companies fail in is actually making it scalable and deployable in into um uh into the into real world real life production systems right so say whether it's a search if you want to use uh, 
neural search or instead of using things like uh, normal BM25 searches. Um, these are kind of things that you have to actually spend time to get these models, which are generally power hungry to uh, um, to deploy in in real real world right so that's one 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 group that i that i run out here right and then the second group that i run internally is a group what i would call as um, deep ml engineers the deep ml engineers basically their function broadly uh, is around uh, synthesizing research papers synthesizing ideas coming up with pro uh, proof of concepts to um, to to basically solve problems that we're that we're looking to solve and uh, and then throwing it over the wall to the to the to the first group that I mentioned where in which they go off and they they get it uh, to be what I would call industry ready right and then the third group that I run is the the deep research part right which is basically part of the Baiju's lab and and what we what we're um, looking to do within uh, within Baiju's lab is actually taking taking really deep unsolved problems often and and trying to solve them right this is within the tech space uh, uh, specifically you could look at it as that we're looking at to solve um, moonshot problems we're basically looking to internally disrupt come up with with models and 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 uh, and methods to disrupt ourselves internally so that we 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 avoid the um the fate that a lot of companies have faced is that they get disrupted externally so the idea is that we we believe very strongly that the internal disruption is the, is a surefire way to long term success uh, as opposed to uh, opposed to basically reacting to situations when they pose when they come up and then trying to play catch up hmm. and uh, i understand that you are uh, launching an innovations lab uh, spanning india uk and the us and by just uh, tell us what this lab is about yeah so so it is um so Baiju's by now you've you've you're covering Baiju's you you know is it has um it's an international company we have international we're an international company we have international clients we have international problems right we're no more central india centric no, no preponderance of our business is india centric we have now global problems that we're trying to attack within the edtech space uh, with that in mind, also we want to attract the best and the brightest minds in the world to to solve these problems, and and that meant that we needed to be in a in a region, time zones that are that where in which we could attract some of these best and brightest minds to solve some of these problems. So, what we what we're doing is actually not not looking at it from a from a perspective of um, what are the what what is a headcount out here or any of that we're looking at it what are the types of problems that we want to solve what are the things that you know where in which we'd say these moonshots these kind of you know like um pole uh, north pole kind of problems that we want to solve and then we're, we're assembling a team of people mostly phds mostly people that have have extreme uh extremely high caliber of competence not only uh, pedagogically but also when it comes to their their work experience to address and work on these work on these problems, so we 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 spend time internally talking to all the different um, different entities within our group, and we've, we're trying to kind of collate what what are the problems that they would like solved, right? What what is that dream problem that they would like solved, right? And then we're basically trying to kind of work back from there 
and uh, and come up with solutions for those, right? These, these some might take one year, some might take two years, some might take three years, some might not be sol- solvable, at least in 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 my lifetime, right? So, but again, the idea is to at least try for those moonshots, try to solve those really hard problems, right? For example, one of the things that I was uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, I mentioned is that if if we could have a system that way in which a child is a, a child sitting say in Chhattisgarh or a child sitting in, in the middle of Indonesia or in Africa, wherever it is, right? Or the middle of America for that matter of fact, is able to basically take write an answer because they probably don't have access to good teachers, but write an answer and take a photograph of it. And immediately the system is able to, um, to basically give them insights on how, what is right with their answer, what is wrong with their answers, be able to do it based on training that has been um, assimilated from from teachers that are in the best best schools in the country, best schools in America, best schools in the UK, best schools in India, whatever it is, we're able to do that, right? So then what happens is you democratize education. When you start using technology as what I would call the, uh, where you over-index on technology to kind of solve problems as as opposed to necessarily how do I say, uh, look at it as a headcount issue. You look at it as how, how many problems you're solving. You start, you start looking at it and saying that you can actually make huge amount of difference using technology by, by over-indexing on technology to, to kind of uh, uh, compensate for the shortcomings that, uh, that might be there with, with human resources because you can't get good teachers everywhere at all the time, right? Mm. Uh, you uh, mentioned uh, tackling uh, deep, unsolved problems in edtech maybe you could dive into this a little bit and give us a sense of the important problems that you want to tackle yeah i'll, I'll give it i'll work work backwards from an example and then you can uh, you can get get a sense of it so just take the case that if we if, if you build a system at the moment let me step back. at the moment state of the art is is uh, the ability of uh, of uh, ai ml system to solve to basically answer a fourth grade uh, answer paper and pass, right? So that's that's the state of the art at the moment. The answer, the point is that if you can basically move the move the needle to tenth grade, but it, it starts actually adding a lot of value to that because it, it creates great headlines that you say that okay, I've got a system that basically is able to pass the CBSE exam uh, with at least sixty uh, percent, um, just purely using AI and ML, right? There's no no human intervention, no human in the loop. But the but the the actual more interesting part of it is. If you're able to build systems like that, you start then having deeper understanding of, of how content is basically connected to each other, how content, how children learn content, what are, how content, how to basically interpret uh, context and things like that, right? So once you start be, uh, being able to do that, you can start having very deep personalized um, interventions for children. And I mean, deep personalized interventions for children from, from the perspective of that, it's, it's not only just what question you show them or what, what uh, video you show them. Children are multimodal in, 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 their, in their learning uh, habits. So when I mean multimodal in their learning habits, they basically have some children are preferred to study through videos, some through uh, questions, some through previous papers. There are so many different ways. Some they, they like a teacher, some they like one-on-one attention. You know, these are multitude of ways where in which a child might be what might want to learn, right? So the idea is that when you start having deep understanding and deep um, understanding of not only of the content but also of how how the content is ingested and synthesized by children, you start having a, the ability to start creating systems that are 
um, that are more relevant for the child, right? Because the idea is that you want to keep the child in what we call um, uh, a place of limited uh, context switching, where in which the frictions of learning are lowest, right? And that you do by making it and make them feel safe in the context that they're learning, right? You don't want them, they're not comfortable watching a video, we should be able to show them other modes of learning or be able to provide for them other modes of learning. But this the system has to be able to divine in a, in a, in a, in a very simple and easy way for, for, uh, for it to be uh, uh, what I would call productizable. Right? So those are the kind of things that we are working on out here, where in which, um, <clears throat> let's step back here. Personalization is a, is a lot of people talk about personalization, but uh, in the ed tech space, I think uh, technology is is it's a very nascent, very young in its in its uh, in its evolution cycle, right? And uh, and I think there's there's going to be a lot of there's going to be the transformer, the BERT model moment. In uh, which was there for uh, NLP in uh, 2017, we're going to have that moment also in EdTech, right? How do you personalize? What's the best way of going about personalizing it, personalizing for a child? And that those are the type of things that we want to be basically at the forefront of and, and contribute to it, which is, which is again, uh, what I would call would add to the halo effect of, of Baiju's not only being fantastic uh, for, for its content, but also having um, deep... Um, uh, technological expertise to kind of uh, deliver on some of its um, on some of its uh, strengths hmm. uh, if you step back and look at uh, the biggest advances in AI ml uh, NLP and related technologies and uh, even basic research uh, as relevant to ed tech uh, can you give us a sense of uh, what are some of the most important advances? Yeah, I would I would say actually that BERT, the transform model is probably one of the most important advances, right? I mean, and it is, and it, it's not only us in the tech space that has uh, that has really uh, benefited from it. I mean, in the medical space, so many so many different uh, er, areas have uh, have be, have benefited from it, right? Because now what it allows us to do is to have these long term kind of um, dependencies on, or, or to basically trace long term dependencies on learning. Right. So, and and also it can be, um, it can be done in an interesting way from the perspective of um, you can mix and match the multimodal forms of learning. Right. Whether a child is answering a question or the child is um, is using um, is is watching a video, how much of the video they watched, or the child is basically attending a class or attending a one-on-one. -on -one, uh, one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one session, all of these things are, are at what time they basically work. You know, these are things that you can suddenly encapsulate into this, into this, uh, into this framework and suddenly start having some great, rich kind of um, uh, patterns emerge from it, right? And the, and the, the interesting thing that also comes out of these, of this, um, of this, um, of these advances is that you start actually <coughs> having, start mapping of how, how content has to be structured, right? So basically, for example, in a in a grade, you have a certain certain um, predefined or preordained uh, path that a child would is, is is expected to take, right? You learn you learn this, and then you you learn A, then you learn B, and then you learn C, right? Um, what the system actually is is able to start um, um, uh, highlighting is that sometimes it is not that you need to go from A to B. Or, or from um, directly, but sometimes going from A to C and then from C to B is probably a more optimal path 
than 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 what is been uh, uh, historically defined as the as the right way to do it. You know, so then you start then you start having these beautiful personalization loops and uh, and things of like that, which which lead to uh, I would call better outcomes, right? Um, customer satisfaction. Child is is learning more. Child is engaged more because he feels that the system understands uh, understands him or her. See, for me, Hari, when I look back, when I step back and I look at it, and I say the best technology that we can create is the one that is completely transparent to the user. The user basically uses it and is, is really says, you know, the system understands me. I don't know how, but it understands me, right? That is that is what I what we want to have. Um, our systems do is that the child should say, you know, the system understands me. I feel comfortable going back to it. Mm. Mm. You know, this uh, idea of uh, multimodal and uh, deep personalized invention inter- interventions, uh, I mean, kind of really uh, resonates with me even as a parent in India. Uh, I mean, as you know much better than most of us, the systems of learning are very rigid in terms of how children study in school and. Uh, uh, is there a way to change uh, these rigid systems and uh, foster an innovative mindset from very early on? It's <clears throat> it is. You, you, I mean, this, that's the um, that's been the the holy grail of any education system, right? And and just to just to step back a little bit before I answer the question, I mean, you're you're as a, as a parent myself, right? It is it is it is a, it is also the the uh, problem that I also face, right? How do you engage your child? How do you find out what 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 makes them work? What what ticks best for them, right? So so when when I look at it and I approach my problems, the sim- the simple thing I, I have in my mind is that is it good enough for my child? Would my child benefit from it, right? So I have a very uh, strong pole uh, star in uh, or a north star in in place because when you're building technology, building products, it's not only just. I think that's that's a great thing about. Which is not not f- fully highlighted in within Byju's is that we have a strong poster. We all have children. We're all at a certain age in our lives where in which we also look at it from a from a perspective: Does it actually work? Does it do the right thing? Right. So that for us is now is a, is a huge driver for us to basically constantly improve and innovate. So now coming back to your your your, your specific question about the the fact of um, can we can we use can we use systems that are yeah we are actually a lot of work that we're doing uh, can we use systems that are that help in innovation and and ideation right so so a lot of interesting systems that are that are already in place like which uh, which are being used in different parts like for example <clears throat> instead of um, instead of wrapping up a, a, a lesson with with just a set of questions to get to get a sense of what the um, what the child understands or doesn't understand, actually, if you make it if you make it project based, where in which they have to use and draw from cross cutting concepts, not just from one, because you kind of mentioned right, the son learned use the video game, then he learned about stock prices, which is a completely different. It's a cross cutting concept. He's basically drawing from multiple different. Uh, arenas, right? So if you build your if you build your content where in which it is not, you build your questions, you build your 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 um, exercises, you build things which basically help the child to use um, use his cross cutting uh, concepts and bring bring intelligences from different elements in there, and not just about rote learning. You start then having uh, at least moving towards the direction that we all aspire for, right? You aspire for your child, I aspire for my child, right? Just to uh, bring this context back to uh, Baijus, uh, uh, you're in a great position to give us a sense of uh, 
uh, where Baijus is uh, in its evolution uh, as an edtech company. Uh, can you and as reflected by now uh, this whole project of your innovation lab as well uh, and uh, looking at global edtech problems. So give us a sense of that evolution of uh, Baijus. Yeah, I, I, I'll speak. I'll speak in a limited sense, right? Because I, I, I think there are better people probably, and to, to speak about the the grand plan. But I could give you my my personal sense around where this is, right? One of the things is that now we have um, we have now transfer. I think there's a transformation out here, where in which there's a there's a strong desire, where in which we want to be the global school. We want to be the global. Um, one stop shop for learning, right? We want to be that, right? We, we're really um, moving towards that, and that um, that really is going to take uh, is going to basically um, move us into a domain where in which we have to be we have to continuously innovate. We have to continuously come out with some of the best and the and, and most innovative ideas to help um, a changing demographic, a changing perception of what education should be for for a child, right? So for that for that to happen, it is it's it's imperative that we are we're constantly innovating. So I think um, the 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 past has been great, but I think I would uh, I would like to say that the future is even going to be uh, is going to be even more magnificent because um, unlike not many companies invest into the future. And as I think you've uh, if it if uh, if something's working, why break it? Is the is the old is the old adage right? The uh, the the boffins in uh, in finance department will say, "Why are you spending on research? No, don't don't. It's okay. You can't put a, do a dollar number on it immediately." But the the best companies are all constantly innovating, right? I was reading the other day that Apple had frozen three years ago its development of the the iPhone th thirteen, right? So you see, the companies that, that who are constantly innovating are the ones that basically are doing it. I mean, it's not, it's not, they're not stopping it at, at a point and say, I got a great iPhone, right? They're saying, how do we continuously innovate, improve, and, and go from there? And I think Baiju is, is, is moving into that, uh, into that mold of, of where in which we want to be a company that constantly innovates and, uh, and, and, and sometimes even produces products that even the market doesn't know it needs. Right? I, I think that should be something that we, and, and then after, after it comes out, people say, oh, wow, that, that is actually really something we wanted. Excellent. Uh, truly insightful conversation, sir. Uh, in the interest of time, let to stop this one here. I definitely hope to continue the conversation. Great. Fantastic speaking. Very lovely uh, speaking with you. That was Dave Roy. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.